Well, good evening folks, and tonight I'm going to be completing the three-part series. Um, We have discussed love and agape love. We have discussed the authority issue, and tonight I want to deal with um, the power issue. Now remember I told you to draw a picture at the bottom, you write agape love, and from that word you write out at 45 degrees, on the one side you write uh, authority, and then the other side you write love, uh, power. And then on the line you write faith on either side, okay, the 45 degree lines, you write the word faith on either side. And so, before I get into the power thing, I want to just quickly just touch on something with the agape love. Because when we spoke about agape love, there have been quite a few people who have actually come to me and said, Listen, I have never had that experience in my life. I've never had that outpouring in my life. I've never had that empowerment or that endearment to be able to actually love somebody so unconditionally as you've spoken. So I just want to check something with you and make sure. Romans chapter 5, and I want you just to quickly, just to get this guilt off you. Alright, Romans chapter 5 verse 5, and this is a scripture that we used last time just to um, solidify it for you. Let me quickly find it. It's Romans chapter 5. Verse 5. It says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So now I want you to see something, that the love of God gets poured out into your soul, and you need to start operating in this agape love that God speaks about. But I want you quickly to turn to 1 Thessalonians. And I want you to see something here, because it's very important that we get these things in order, because I don't want people with a condemnation. Remember, the Word of God is meant to set us free, and not to condemn us. And I don't want people to walk around saying, listen, uh, I'm not getting this thing right, and I'm just feeling condemned, and I'm feeling terrible because I slipped and I didn't uh, love somebody that I should have. But I want us quickly to turn to 1 Thessalonians. It's amazing, my pages are getting stuck tonight. Okay, verse 12, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, it says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. So what does it mean? It means that that love starts growing in your life. Now I want to show you the difference between the two. The more I allow God to start flowing in my life, the more I allow the Holy Spirit to move in my life, remember that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace. And love is part of the fruit. So the more I allow God's love to flow in my life, the more that fruit is going to be made manifest in my life. Okay? But if I don't allow God's love to flow in my life, I'm going to go... Excuse me, over to filio love. So it's either agape love or filio love that's going to flow. But filio love has got the issue of right and wrong. I will love you conditionally as long as you love me. And wherever we go uh, out of sync, then my love starts retracting from you. You understand that? So when I'm in filial love, I have the right and wrong. The problem with right and wrong, it's always going to bring a judgment on me. The Bible says that the minute you speak a a judgment on somebody, it will be measured back to you. Okay, Matthew chapter 7. And so the problem is this, is the more I operate in filial, the more I am cursing my family. 
The more I'm bringing my family into bondage, the more I'm bringing them into a restriction. So the more I allow God's love in my life, the less the bondage is in my family. So it's up to you to what level you want to operate in. And so you can push and pursue this thing and say, God, I'm not going to let you go until I have a total revelation and a total outpouring of your Holy Spirit in my soul so that I can love unconditionally. So I just want to clear that up. Love is going to grow. So don't think the minute you walk out of here, you're going to love every single person, the taxi and everybody else who makes you mad. And you're going to just have it all sorted out. You are going to grow in that thing, but you must not stop pursuing it. Because the more you grow in it, the more the blessing comes on your life. You guys okay with that? Alright, so tonight I want to deal with the power. Alright, let's quickly turn to Luke chapter 4 verse 14. And we are going to deal with quite a few things tonight. And I want you once again just to take notes, go home, study it, get this thing in your spirit. Because we are going to show you the difference between... uh, Well, let's start off at verse 18. We'll go to verse 14 just now. And I want you to see that as you start developing the power of God in your life, you are going to start seeing some things in a different light. Now I want to make a statement. Alright, authority deals with everything on this planet except for people. Authority deals with your dominion over the planet, over stuff. If you want a house, you can speak it in via authority. If you, if you want rain, you can speak it in via your authority. If you want anything corrected, it is the authority that you use as a human being over this planet. Remember I showed you that you've got authority over the universe. Anything that God made, you have authority over. Okay, except for people. Why don't you have authority over people? Because they have a free will. They have a will whether they want to serve God or not. You do not have the right to override that authority. So let's look at Jesus. In in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me, and He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty all those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I want you to take note of something. Everything that Jesus Christ is speaking about that he is anointed for. This is not his authority. When you start speaking anointing, you start speaking power. Okay? Authority is not anointing. So, I want you to see something. Out of these verses that I just read, you will see that not one thing has to do with with a physical element on this earth. It only deals with people. Okay, let's go through. It says, He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. It's about people. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. It's about people. Proclaim liberty to captives. It's about people. To recovery of sight to the blind. about people. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. It's about people. So everything that Jesus has been anointed to do is about people. So I need you to understand, the anointing breaks the yoke of people. The anointing is there to set people free. The focus is only people. And so we need to understand this, because in Luke chapter 4, let's go back a few verses, 
uh, verse 14. Now remember that Jesus Christ had been led into the desert. He'd been tempted of the devil. And, he, and just before he'd gone into the desert, he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. He'd been baptized, and the Holy Spirit came on him, and he could speak in tongues, and he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he went into the desert. When he comes out after that desert experience, he comes out, and the Bible says, verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now I want you to see that he comes back with power. Now that word power is referred to in the Bible. The word power has got two meanings that they use, the word power. Sometimes it's ecclesia, which means your authority. And sometimes it is dunamis, which means dynamite power, explosive power, deliverance power. And I always like this illustration. Have you seen the atomic bomb? Imagine it exploding in reverse. Coming down and just shattering everything around it. And the idea of dunamis is to break off bondages of people. Dunamis only operates on people. So Jesus Christ comes out of the desert time. So the desert time is where he is getting charged up, he's full of power, and he comes back. Now why is it that Jesus Christ gets charged up in a time of 40 days of fasting and prayer in the desert? Let me tell you why. Because he is separated. If God takes you through a season of desert, you will find that your friends will drop you, people will not be around to visit you, you will be alone. The reason for that is that you've got time to spend time with God. It's you and God building a relationship, building the power, pushing in with Him, and building yourself to the point that the power of God starts flowing in your life like you've never seen before. So I want you to get this thing right. That when you speak about power, you are speaking about releasing a force to set people free. You guys with me? In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, okay, and we know this scripture very well, but let me just uh, put it onto the tape for the guys. Acts 10 38, it says this, How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay, and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So I want you to see that Jesus Christ operated in a power that he could operate in because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That power to set people free had nothing to do with his authority. It could only operate the minute he was filled with the Holy Spirit so that he could operate with that power. That's why the Bible says that Peter, okay, and the disciples, in Acts 1.8, it says, You will wait for me in Jerusalem. And it says, And you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit rocked up, the power of God hit that place, everybody spoke in tongues, and the minute they walked out, they started to perform with miracles. Peter to the degree that even his shadow started to heal people. But his shadow did not start moving mountains, his shadow did not start doing stuff. The power of God is only to set people free. And so, 
you got to get this picture that when Jesus Christ moves, He's going to move with power. That's why Paul uh, says in Corinthians, and there's a few places, where he says, I don't come with fancy words, but I come with the power and the demonstration of God. What does it mean? I am showing you how I'm setting people free. I'm showing you how I'm healing people. I'm showing you how the power of God will change a life. Somebody who is from a, a pit can end up to be on top within a matter of days if the power of God comes on their lives. They will be a totally different person. From a Satanist to a saint in hours because of the power of God. Somebody who is addicted can be totally set free because of the power of God. Not because of anything else that you are doing. So now this is the thing that I want to show you. Let's quickly go and have a look in Matthew chapter 4. And this is speaking about Jesus Christ and what Jesus was busy with. Okay? Now remember that Jesus Christ came and He says, I am anointed to come and set people free. I am anointed to come and break bondages off. I am anointed to come and heal the brokenhearted. So He has a power and ability to do this. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. It says this, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases amongst the people. Then his fame uh, went throughout the uh, Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them all. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from wherever, and Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Now I want you to see something. There's a few things here. Number one, when Jesus Christ came, there's many times where he says that the multitude came to him and he healed everyone. Sorted them all out. But what does Jesus do the minute he heals everybody? Do you know what he does? He goes to the next group and he carries on doing the same thing. Jesus went from multitude to multitude to multitude. When they got too big, he would disappear. He'd go to the shore of another place and he would just carry on doing what he was meant to do. I want to tell you right now, we are meant to be operating in that power and setting people free. And without stopping. What do we do? We climb out of the battle as soon as we perceive there's peace. What do I mean by that? If there's a war going on in your house, you will carry on fighting until there is peace, and then we will relax. God does not ever want us to stop fighting. The minute you stop fighting, you are going to start regressing. God is expecting the body of Christ to keep on pushing on. As long as there is one person on this earth that is demonized or oppressed of the devil, God expects the church to keep fighting and keep pushing in. Do not think that the blessing of God is your cue to stop. Jesus Christ had everything he wanted, and yet he carried on going right up until the cross. So I want you to understand, when we speak about power, we are talking about you have got an anointing to start doing the things that God told you to do. Set people free. Break off bondages. This thing of we are supposed to be taking it easy. The Bible says that, you know, 
a lot of people, before I get to that, a lot of people have got this thing. There must be a deliverance ministry and that some oak can do it and whatever else. The Bible says every believer should be casting out devils. It should be part of a normal church for every single person to go and chuck out a devil, to go and heal the sick, to go and push back wherever there is a hindrance, a bondage, a restriction. The church should be there to break it off. So our focus should not be sitting back and saying, oh, well, we're having a nice time. Praise God for my blessing. Or I just got this increase or this peace in my house or whatever it is. It should be looking for the next fight and saying, listen, I need to break this off the next person. God, who do you want me to help? How do you want me to help them? And what must I do after that? Where's the next victim? That the devil has gripped and held so tight that I'm going to set free and let them do what God wants them to do. You see, we need to understand that this is not a game. God is not looking for a church that's weak. He's looking for the real church, full of power, full of might. And the problem is we have become lazy. We have become lazy, we have become lethargic, we sit down and go, it's about me and my comfort zone, and you know, I will just trust God for my family and do something. I'm telling you right now, we have got to start changing that attitude. And I want to tell you right now where we are sitting. We have got to repent of this thing and say, God, from today it is about people. It is about setting people free. It is about getting people born again and getting them on track so that they can go do something and push back the darkness that is so easily coming over all of us. So when we speak about a Christian life, we are talking about people who operate in love, agape love, who know the power of love, that love will never fail. People who understand their authority. If there's anything that's out of whack on this planet, we start calling it in. And people, most of all, who understand power, who understand how to use the power of God and start using it wherever they go. Now I want to show you something. Let's go to another chapter quickly. Uh, In... Luke chapter 8. Let's go to Luke chapter 8 quickly. And I want you to see what happens here with Jesus. And while we go to Luke chapter 8, it's very easy for you to start understanding how your power is built up. Okay? How do I build up my power? The Bible's very clear. The more I pray in tongues in Jude, let me just get the verse for you. Okay, Jude's only got one chapter. Verse 20, there you go. Alright, I just want to read it to you. Verse 20. It says, building up, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now what does it mean? It means when I pray in tongues, I'm charging up my battery. And then I need to release that power. How do I release it with the words? And then I say, in the name of Jesus, I release this person in the name of Jesus. I release the power that's in my life. I release that anointing on my life. And I put it on that person. And the Bible says, the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. So whatever's holding that person hostage or bondage in bondage gets broken. Not because you prayed a nice prayer, but because of the Holy Spirit power working through you into that person and onto that person. You guys with me? Alright, here comes Jesus now. In Acts, uh, in Luke chapter, where are we now? 8, 44. You guys must just tell me where I am in the Bible. Alright, Luke 8, 44. We'll make it 43. Now a woman, having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians, and could not be healed by any. So there he is. She went to the doctor. She tried her best and could not get healed. 
Okay, so now she comes. Came from behind and touched the border, uh, the border of his garment, Jesus' garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And all, then everybody denied it. And Peter, trust Peter, and says, listen, what do you mean who touched you? Master, the multitudes are thronged and pressed around you. You see, what do you mean who touched you? Listen, everybody's touching you. They're knocking into you. You know, he's probably going, what a dumb question. And he said, and Jesus said, somebody touched me because I perceive power leaving me. I want to tell you something, that physically I can feel the power of God leave my body when I pray for people. I don't know how to describe it to you. The best way that I can describe it to you, I physically feel a sensation coming out of my arms when I'm laying hands on people. And the more I lay hands, the stronger that sensation comes. And the more they can't resist it because the power of God actually becomes like a channel. And if I do it for a very long period, let's say I'm having five days or ten day meetings and I'm just constantly releasing, releasing, releasing. What happens after a while, it builds so strong that when I stop praying for people, I get absolutely clapped myself. Because that power just keeps coming through and then I'm not releasing anymore and then I get clapped. And then I'm totally exhausted and I'm totally, because my physical body just is physically just releasing that power all the time. But the thing is this, what's interesting is I can physically, when I pray for somebody, I can feel the power leave and I can also feel it if the person's not receiving. Because it's almost like a wall. I can physically feel it, but it's not going. It stops. And so, I don't say anything, I don't do anything, because God didn't tell me to fix it. All I know is I can go through a prayer line and I go, receive, 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 reject, 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 receive, reject. I can tell you who's receiving the power of God or not. And there's all sorts of reasons. They all sit down and go, oh, well, show me. Or I'm here just to show the people I'll do a courtesy drop. You know, some people when they fall on the floor, then I know that there wasn't the power of God, they're just acting. You know? Sometimes I really would like to just practice without catches. You know, if you fall, you can fool brood as Okay? But the point is this, is I still will do it without saying anything, carry on praying for everybody, because you don't know when God gets hold of that oak. Just one day that oak comes. He's been faking it for 20 years, but one day is one day that oak gets clapped solid and God sorts him out. Okay, so I have no problem with that. I'm doing what God told me to do. What happens after that is up to Him. But I want you to understand something, that there is a sensation that you can feel, or you can judge and you can sense. You can sense the Spirit of God, you can know the power of God, and how do you get that thing going? You pray in tongues every single day. Every day, you pray in tongues. Jesus Christ would separate himself and go and pray to the Father and come and heal the multitude. He would go pray to the Father, come and heal the multitude. He would separate himself. Now we don't have the Father just to go to, but we pray in tongues every single day. Now there's a lady that I went to her home cell this week and she said to me, she says, Arthur, you were riding behind me the other day for a long distance, but you kept on talking on the phone on your Bluetooth the whole way. I said, no, I was not talking on my phone the whole way. I pray in the car the whole way. I drop my kids and I've got at least half an hour, 35 minutes. I put on some praise and worship and I pray in tongues the whole way. I don't care whether the traffic's fast, slow, whatever. By the time I get there, I'm so supercharged, I clap anything that moves. So, 
I want you to know that I am doing it as a discipline. I've always done it as a discipline in my life. I've prayed in tongues. A lot of people want to do what I do when the fire conference is on or whatever. But the only way you do that is when you pray in tongues. Whether you feel like it or not. Because I've got to charge myself up. And that is why I'm normally ready for a deliverance or somebody who needs help. Why? Because I've already charged myself up so that I can release that power. Because it's only the power that's going to set that person free. Are you guys with me? So we have got to understand, power is for people. It is for deliverance. It is for setting the captive free. It is bringing them into a place of liberty so that they can move on and hear God and do whatever else is happening. Okay. So, I need to know that I am operating on a place where the power of God is part of my normal daily life. Or otherwise, I'm not really doing what the gospel tells me to do. Now, I want to show you a very scary scripture. In 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 5. And this is what it's speaking about in the end times. As we get closer to the end times, this is what you're going to see. Verse 5. Having a form of godliness and denying its power. Okay. And listen to this. And from, much, uh, from such people turn away. What is the scripture saying? It's saying that there are going to be churches that are going to be preaching the gospel. They're going to be acting like a church, looking like a church. And do not accept the power of God. Let's make it simple. They don't pray for people. If there is a church that is not praying for people, laying on their hands and commanding these bondages to be broken, they are rejecting the power of God. They are busy with something and saying, it's a form of godliness. It looks like God, but it's not really God. God says you are only operating when you're operating in power. I want to tell you right now, there are a lot of churches that I know that are not there. And the Bible says, from those, listen to me, from those you turn away, you have nothing to do with. Even though it looks good and there's a lot of people there. Those people are not being set free. And you are not setting somebody free, you are busy playing religion. And God does not enjoy that very much. So, I don't care what your title is on the door. I have seen most conservative churches that are sitting down praying for people and releasing the power of God, believe in the power of God. And then I've seen great charismatic churches who don't. And they don't pray for anybody. Now, I want to tell you right now, God is not going to tolerate that. We are going to get to the time where men and women are going to understand the power of God. They're going to start praying for things. They're going to seek God in their closet. And they're going to say, God, I'm going to consistently keep the power of God so that I can set somebody free. And I want to tell you something right now. When God says every believer must do the following, we are going to be judged in our obedience. I'm telling you right now, this is the part that we are going to be in trouble for. God is going to judge us if we are not casting out devils. God is going to judge us if we are not praying for the sick. And everybody goes, no, but you have to have a special training. Well, that is, get a church that trains. Get a church that teaches how to do this. Get a church that teaches you how to move in the power. Because that is what an average believer should be doing, not the pastor. The church 
should be a place where the pastor is equipping you how to do it. And I know that this is harsh, but I can't let us go to, go to heaven one day and God saying, have you done this? And we go, no, we haven't done it. Why? Because I never got taught how. Remember that your reward is based on your obedience. You have been given a commandment already. Those that believe must do the following. And so you've been given an instruction. Use the power, set the people free. That's basically in a nutshell. And if you are not using the power, that means that you are not praying in tongues. That's why Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. But the anointing was so saturating on his body, he says, I don't even have time. The anointing saturated Paul so much, it was even in his clothes. He says, I don't have time to get there, just take the clothes. But the anointing that I release on this, the power that I release into this thing, the cloth is not holy. I mean, this Bible is not holy, it's only a book. The words in this thing is power. Okay? So it's just stuff. But the thing is, when the anointing comes and is released into something, that thing is put onto somebody else, it gets transferred. And it breaks the bondages that Satan has put on that person. And that's where somebody like Rainer Bonker said, listen, and I mean, we've got evidence we were part of this thing, where he said, God, please help me. I'm trying to pray for people and release bondages. And I mean, that man prayed from like hours, two, three, you know, two people at a time, rows and rows and rows. And he says, God, I can't do it to a million people. I mean, I want to be here for six months. Please help me. Let that power as I speak, that authority, that anointing, as I speak, let that that, that anointing hit the people. Because I cannot physically get to pray for them. It's not that I don't want to. And I mean, I saw he wanted to. He would spend hours praying. It wasn't that it was from his heart to take a shortcut. And then God said to him, okay, fine, you do it this way. And he did, in the power of God, a million people got full of the Holy Spirit in one meeting. I mean, that's awesome. That's the power of God in operation. But why is it one person? Why isn't it the body of Christ, wherever we go, I'm meeting believers and say, yes, I'm so excited. I just prayed for somebody at school. Or I just prayed for somebody in the shopping center. Or I just prayed for somebody at work. They've just been delivered. They've been set free. We're busy now. I mean, I love it when I speak to a guy and say, sorry, I can't talk to you now. I'm on my way to deliverance. And he's not even a pastor. Praise God. We're starting to see the power of God in operation. And I'm telling you right now, when we speak about the power, it is the power that breaks the yoke of bondage of people's lives that brings them to salvation. Because that bondage holds them captive. That bondage holds them so heavy that they can't move on with God. So I want to challenge you tonight. Do not settle for anything else. Say, God, let me get these three in order. Let me get my authority in order. Let me get my love walk in order. And let me get my power in order. Because I need to make a difference. And when we get to heaven, God's going to go, Listen, did you take care of the planet? Did you set my people free? And did you love everybody unconditionally? That's what our instruction is. It's clear. And don't get into the place. And this is where we're all at. We have become so slack at this that all we are doing is allowing more bondages in our own lives that we end up just fighting for ourselves. 
We are so busy fighting for ourselves and fighting the devil off in our own turf. Where we should be clapping the devil at every turn, we are spending our energy in the wrong place. We should repent, sort out the home turf. Wherever the problem is, we fix it. Don't tolerate it. And say, let's move on. It's time to go and take ground. And don't stop at a battle. The biggest um, enemy to success is your last success. Oh, I'm successful, I've made it, so let's relax. No, let's just move on to another one. When this ground is sorted out and everything's at peace, we go find another one. You see? Do not, do not get to the place where you are relaxed. It's time that we start moving in the power of God in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in and, for, uh, in and through each one of us in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for us tonight, Lord, that we will repent. Lord, that we will sit down and say, sorry, Lord, that we are not pushing in with the power of God. Lord, that we are not pushing in with you to carry that anointing, to break the yoke of people's lives. Lord, I thank you right now that you will stir us up by your Spirit, Lord. Bring us to a place where we will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Lord, that we will genuinely and truly start moving in the power of God to set people free. Lord, that we will carry the authority that is needed, Lord, to bring this planet into order. And Lord, that we will operate in a godly agape love. Lord, that we will be so unconditional in what we are doing. Lord, that the love of God will break through every bondage in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray for us. Lord, that we will truly be the army that you're calling us to be. And Lord, that we will not end up growing cold. Lord, that we will not get to the place where we will have a form of godliness and deny the power of the gospel and the power of God in people's lives. Lord, I thank you right now that you will raise up an army. Lord, that every one of us will be casting out devils. We will be praying for the sick. And Lord, right now, I thank you that we will start doing what you are telling us to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.